Thursday night, you know what that means. Four blades in a pub. Four slightly sober blades in the pub after this week here, and uh, it's fair to say we fucking did it. And here in the white man, and good evening, gentlemen. Good, good evening. evening. Good four four Premier blades. League blades in a pub. Four Premier League blades in a pub. No. Four blades who want to go to 19 home ga- matches next year. Four blades who are going to see the likes of Sadio Mane, Raheem Sterling, and. Sergio Aguero, thanks for helping me out there. I can tell I spent too long watching League football. So we're going to kick off and I'll get you to chip in straight away, Phil, with Ipswich. But let's try to actually talk about the game of football before we talk into all the other wonderful stuff. Well, we, we, there's going to be loads of stuff to talk about after this weekend. But the, the, the big thing with the Ipswich game, I think while we kept us powder dry a little bit last week, I think we all probably expected us to win the game in all honesty. No. <laughs> I was terrified right up until five minutes before kick off. The one thing that really surprised me was how quick we came out of the blocks. We could have we could have been three up in ten minutes quite yeah. comfortably. And then it felt like an age before the goal actually finally came, but it, it, it wasn't I don't think in reality it wasn't that long into the game before we scored. Typical typical Sheffield United under Chris Wilder, right? Wilder ball. Yeah. Wilder ball. Wilder ball. And yeah. it was the ultimate Wilder ball goal, and Hogan literally looks like he'd done, got the finish off Billy. Just staying up, his body up, little flick. O'Connor with the cross. Happy days. I think it's nice. What I, what I quite like, we're reading the quotes like this, but reading some of Twitter the next day, and like Henry Winter, getting the national press actually starting to recognise what yeah. Chris Wilder's done with the way we play football. A recognition that, you know, Sheffield United. Are, are heading up and actually they play bloody good football yep. and that is a that is a major step forward because my, my fear with some of this is that as we progressed we still get labelled with the Warnock tag hard working well organised good from set pieces they're just a big bar. team of thugs yeah. all that sort of big stuff. strong and you know what we're going to break that mould this time we're going to break that fixation that yep. kind of hopefully we're going to break that fixation United actually have got with that with, with Butlers as well because this team, while they called it, we talked about it last week, they're just a bit different, aren't they? Yeah. We said about them coming out, um, all guns blazing after Millwall the other week. You can see us now winning all four of his last four games since that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, JB's just shutting the band out because the band have just uh, started up. Shot to the top <laughs> in there. Just like us, but well, I think that's a fantastic way of looking at it. And I mean... It's, a, it's an almost, there's an arrogance in, in the English press about football. That if you get to the Premier League, you've just been the best of the rest for that particular year, but you don't necessarily, unless you're Wolves and people get excited, you've got a load of money, have anything to bring to the top flight. Yeah, just so, numbers up. And, and, and what we're all going to have to get used to in the next two, three months is as you know, season previews come out and stuff like that. And we're going to be comfortably in that bottom three predictions wise by people. And just don't take it personally and always take it, just take it for what it is that unfortunately a lot of people who watch football in this country don't believe anything exists outside of that, that top 20. But Henry Winter, of course it is. We're going to be classed as being one of the, the strongest possibilities of going down next season. I don't think many players can deny that. 100%. I mean, I listen, to, I listen to quite a few different football podcasts. And Gab Marcotti does a couple, and he, he mentioned us the other day, and he said, not really any clue about who any Sheffield United players are because he admits not really interested in anything outside Premier League and European competitions. So we will be an unknown quantity. And you've got Ash, Ash down on the Guardian to blade. Whenever he's on like Football Weekly on the Guardian podcast, he speaks about United. And he wrote a very good piece this week actually, which is worth looking up on Twitter for the Guardian as well on United. So did. Gregor Robertson as well. Oh, in the Times. Yeah, yeah, wrote a really good piece about the overlapping centre-backs and stuff like that. But uh, if we go and have a go, I think big thing we're talking so far in the head now, if United's fixture list is favourable and it allows us to get some points on the board early and play someone at home where we can impose ourselves on them like we can, people will get very excited very quickly. Um, but that's not really to do with Saturday, and I think it's really important Sorry, to go yeah. back to the game. Um, if you don't mind me, and talk about how amazing O'Connell's header was. Because I, the guy should have had 40 goals for us in the last three years, <laughs> but he's, he's got a fraction of that, because he, he always gets his head on the ball, but he doesn't always go in the onion bag, but he did on Saturday. And it, was, it was a beautiful diversion type you did. I'm going to stand on the touchline and have a drink for a while. <laughs> and then drop back have on. A chat, drop back on, just casually drop back on, jogging yeah. thoughts. And it was funny, I'd watched him, because I was thinking, everyone stood up and I'm peering around, you know, well, why aren't we getting on with this? 
and then you realise he's running back on the pitch, and then you're watching him thinking, no one's going to pick him up here. Let's go, Ipswich defending was dire for so much of that game. But literally, the just lack of awareness of him trotting on. The reason I think it was deliberate is because our long flight took to set that corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, flight was flight was waiting, wasn't yeah. it? Just delaying, delaying, delaying. And then I think Billy got the block on the keeper. And he powered it home. I mean, before that, Egan had missed another great. I mean, how was that? Yeah, put one just over Barney. You know, yeah. we should have buried. You know, we, we, you're right, we missed so many chances. Not to become a route one side, but that will be something that we need to look at next year because corners will be massive for us. And I saw something earlier today that, you know, in the past, yeah, we would have could have said, and my dad used to have this phrase under any manager, and he, I don't know, what, never seen change. We never would score from corners. He'd never get excited when he get a corner. Yes, no. Yeah. And, but then up to Christmas, you could probably say that since then. Blake's Blake pod, just talk about other people's pods, but Blake's pod have said that, haven't they? That we've got so much better since almost the turn of the year yeah. in, in not so much getting in the right places when it comes to set pieces, but actually converting them. Whereas yeah. we weren't doing it, we, yeah. we were creating opportunities, just not converting. I reckon you ask any any football fan in the country and they'll tell you their football team shite at corners, though. I mean, yeah. proportionally, the amount you get to how many go in. Everyone's gonna have it. I mean, we're not quite at the dire level of Clough by Clough corners when they weren't clearing the first man. Yeah, that's Steve, yeah. I mean, that was Stephen Quinn's MO for however many years, wasn't yeah, it? Get yeah. a corner, hit first man. Thanks, everyone. As you were. Right, uh, what's it called? Blake's mad on Twitter. United have got a corner. Dot, 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 yeah. dot, dot. Oh, S24 issue, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and the corner amounts to nothing. But what didn't amount to nothing, obviously, was the result. Celebrations. I Can I just go back to the game really quick? Okay, right? yes, sorry. David McGoldrick. Well, yeah. Class. Class. Well, they, he went over to their fans as well at the end before he did anything with any United fans, which is 100% just a portrait, illustration of the man he is. Yeah. And he, they'll, they'll love him. He never did anything wrong by Ipswich, but he's one of those things, the relationship had come to an end, hasn't it? And then... In terms, in terms of free transfers, I was thinking this the other day, the, the kind of best free transfers I can think United have ever made. And free transfers these days are different because back in the kind of Bassett era, free transfers were players who had just been released by clubs because they weren't good enough, not because they'd let the contracts run down. So we picked up Bob Booker on a free transfer and stuff like that because Brentford didn't want him. Whereas now free transfers are different. But in kind of pound-for-pound pound terms, he's got to be up there with the best free there's transfers. Some sort of stat, there's some sort of stat recently where he's got more winners than anybody yeah. else in the championship. That in itself is, is I mean, given his points that has taken us to the Premier League. Good friend of us all, uh, big keen listener of the pod, my friend Matt Caswell made a fantastic uh, point about McGoldrick and he related it to Medine being injured. And he said that when we've gone to places such as Hillsborough this season with Medine and to a point with West Brom, and well, he came on at West Brom, but we used the Dean in a couple of games and we weren't successful. And he, in a way, that Medine red card, although at the time, you well, don't need to go over that, but McGoldrick, since he's come back into the team, is, we, I think everyone realised how good he was. But everyone then was like, became, it was like rubber stamp, signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. And probably his performance over the last five games got him the player of the year. Again, we yeah. said it last week, didn't we? He's just got better and better and better. And, and I, I don't think I've ever seen a pass in the lane like that on, on Saturday the Bulldog. How he's not scored from it is the obvious. Just a touch on it, yeah. 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 it? Every touch. Every touch. But people going on about recruitment and oh, they go, look, Matt kills that. Him and Billy deserve a chance next year and they won't go out of the club. They're no. too important. No, they'll both get a chance next season. We'll obviously we'll bring in quality to supplement that, but they'll both get a fair crack of the whip. I think Baldwin could get more game time than Billy. Yeah, I think Premier League will suit. It'll suit. The Roy's the the Roy's view. I remember when we signed him, and there was an Ipswich fan who described him as being Berbatov-esque. Nearly spat my drink out at the time. But that sort of like. They call it nomadic, don't they? That sort of like player who looks But he's, he, he'll find. Even if the classic, you get more time on the ball the higher you play. Maybe that is true, but even if he doesn't, McGoldrick will find some time. So yeah. he's that good on the ball. He just drops the, comes forward, and he is quite languid on the ball. You know, yes, he'll, he runs and works hard for the team, but when he's on the ball, that, like I said, that pass, that pass wasn't. It wasn't like he had to. I'm not saying work hard. That pass just came so easy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm it, trying it to think what you're to. When he picks the ball up and, and in them kind of areas, it's like the game slows down. And I'm trying to relate it to a, a former United player, and I can't think who I'm, I'm 
Cowans? Cowans, Cowans. Yeah, Cowans, exactly, yeah. 20 years Gordon, ago. not Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it's just fantastic. And we could we could we could wax lyrical about about ten, fifteen of our players this season at length. Um, but when we do a proper end of year review it'll be a really good time to do that. But then afterwards we all sort of embraced outside the BP garage despite all sitting in the same stand, we didn't leave together for various reasons, uh, and we went off into the night and Saturday night was well certainly. <laughs> once well, I remember, took a little bit of time recovering after getting bedroomed by him over there. Yeah, well, Dan did before the match cut a very nervous character, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he, he but then shut up at least twice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he came charging to, came charging towards me like some man possessed. I felt like I was in The Walking Dead, so I just embraced it uh, as, he, as he jumped on me, and we, oh, it was ridiculous, obviously. We had, we had, let's be fair, we had, we had a big man's knock, didn't we? Oh, yeah, fair. and it went better. I mean, not, these times don't come a lot, uh, around that often, but then obviously we went off into London Road, spoiled slightly by the weather and the fact nobody could get any ale. Uh, but, but what a night to be a Sheffield United fan. Although, big shout out to my little brother for selling three bottles for 15 quid to somebody on London Road. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's profiteering for his best. Well, well that's, that's Chops, he's a businessman. <laughs> I remember he whipped, he whipped his wallet out on Sunday and still looked pissed off when I asked him, Can I have one please, Chops? Did, he goes, What do you want? Did he get the crayons out to do some adding up? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great night on Saturday. I do hope the guy that uh, jumped through the bus stop's alright. Well, way, Jay Atkin uh, reliably informed us, didn't he, that. Um, He's okay. Uh, I don't know how Jay knows. That is Jay. Jay. relative scale, okay could be anything. Well, I did, really. I did see someone on Twitter who said the price of Sheffield United winning promotion was all the cracked ribs on his left side, broken and displaced clavicle and a gash in the back of his head. So I'm guessing <laughs> that might be him. Unless you have had a pool of blood when I walked past the I'm guessing that might be him. When that was Philip Backhouse that said that. And I right. don't think that that was... I kind of know Philip Backhouse. Oh, that's not him then. All right, fair enough. Well, I did... I did I'd talk to my dad about it, and my dad's response was, "Yeah, they're pretty harsh on S24 SU. Someone's put they don't make bus stops like they used to, do they?" But then with those concrete bus shelves, quite, quite, uh, yeah. But just great scenes, pyro, load of ale, everyone happy, hugging and kissing. Literally, pardon the pun, but everyone like United. Yeah, 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 yeah brilliant. Definitely was. Right. Okay, chaps. Um, thoughts on Stoke this Saturday, uh, Sunday. Sorry. Um, to me, it's a bit of a free swing. If we win, brilliant. If we don't, it's not the end of the world. Um, but it's going to be more of a. I think it's more of a, a celebration and capping off the season rather than worrying about anything that's riding on it. Absolutely. I mean, it's not so much like when we won the title in League One because I think when the promotion was confirmed there's still a fair bit to go uh, and obviously we saw the state most of our first team were in <laughs> Sunday, Monday even I think people, Egan, was, Egan was cited in the grapes wasn't he on Monday night so Egan and Dowell I think yeah. were in grapes on Monday uh, but um, yeah absolutely I mean Stoke I would have had them in my top two at the start of the season the recruitment in the summer for the championship side I thought was excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he'd bought in, go through the team, still got Butland, he'd, he'd bought in Ashley Williams, okay, he's passed it at Premier League level. Yeah. I'd still say he would have been decent. McLean, politics aside, he's a very good player, yeah. he gets that ball in the box, and you've got a big. Like athletic centre forward, like a phobe. Yeah. Ryan John, Woods, top John, of everyone. Joe Allen. Yeah, I mean, I top think, of everyone shopping list last summer. I think we said at the beginning of the season, if you, we said, you know, how we've got Norwood for 1.2 million or whatever it is, but at the beginning of the season, we'd have all had Ryan Woods without a doubt. I'd still have Ryan Woods, and I still think that might be something that happens. That's my little outside prediction. That, um, but still, great side on paper, not done well. Bauer is. I've, I've said this about him a couple of times, and I've, I'm not calling him out. I don't want him to get in touch or anything. But he must have some mu- mu- probably not. <laughs> yeah. uh, he must have some mucky snaps of um, championship chairmen's d- 
doing things they shouldn't do because he keeps getting jobs <laughs> left, right, and centre. But they made a clever appointment now, so can I think next season they'll be in the top six. But we have got a chance to go and win the title. Yeah, and, and, and they were poor. They were poor at Ramelay. You know, again, it was one of the matches where we we didn't kill a side off when we probably should have, and then paid the price. I, I just, yeah, they've, they've underperformed all season, haven't they? The players and the talent that they've got, they've underperformed. And this side, assuming that they're sober by the time kick off on Sunday, they they're just relentless, aren't they? Especially after in the in the pursuit of something, because they are yeah. championships still there. And I, th- I, I don't buy into this Villa are going to play a weak inside against Norwich. I think they'll go and we'll try and win that game. Yep. There's every chance we can bring the title back on Sunday. And you, you know for a fact, even though you know Wilder and players have been well-oiled for the last few days, you know for a fact that when, when it's Tuesday morning that Wilder has said to him, right boys, that's it, fun's over now, head down until Sunday because yep. we want to win this title. Yep. Once Sunday's out of the way, all yeah, the bets are off, off and it's like hangover three, but... He's okay. going to be... Although Bashan did say he was off to uh, Vegas in four days on Monday, didn't he? Did it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they, looks like they're doing that again. I won't mind a trip on that. I don't think I'd <laughs> get that one past Gaffer at work. How about you, Ian? Would you get that I one I'll probably get, get past Gaffer at home, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am looking forward to Stoke for another reason. That's my that, that's the whole championship I've been to now this season. So I've, I've been to every away ground now. I haven't got that many to go to Spurs uh, for next season. I am looking forward to Spurs, so. Yeah, again. Yeah, it's well, so big modern stadium, wind whips around there. I think I've been there about five or six times. Yeah. Always a bit, always a bit feisty there. Yeah, well, do you think it will be this weekend? Because it's going to be blazing there, and I think I think it depends how you view it. I remember I'm going way back to the Leicester match now, but there was a feeling around Leicester when back in '90 that obviously they were the side that should have been up there. Yeah, yeah. where we were at that point in time at the end of the season, they should have been pushing for first or second place, yet there were enough blades everywhere in that ground that day to probably quell any potential risk. It's a bit different though, isn't it? A bit like different. We're already up. Yeah. So, if we score, is there going to be mass celebrations on the pitch? I don't know. Yeah, probably I would imagine so. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. I think if the kick-off was later, I think there might be a bit more danger. Your ideal scenario, and well, the ideal scenario is United going at half-time two and all. Most people, including people very close to members of this group who sat here, who might be, may or may not be in the home end, make his way over safely to us. You know, to get a goal early third half and half their support pisses off home. <laughs> like, without, and, they, like and, and it's just alley, alley, alley for 90 minutes, which it will be anyway, but that's the idea. I can't imagine it being too tasty. I think the majority of the way Stoke's new ground is, it doesn't allow for that because it's. No. Well, mid, it's not. I remember once it, it was that over to the right from that away end, and it was either New Year or Christmas game, and they were coming out of both stands going after each other. It was, it was something oh, to they're, behold. They're known for it, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Port Vale are exactly the same, I suppose. It's, if you it's, go it's there, a relatively big city, isn't it? Yeah. If you go there looking for a scrap on Sunday as a United fan. You need to get a life and have a serious look at yourself. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Please grab that. It'll be a party atmosphere Sunday, won't it? Yeah, I mean, well, biggest, biggest, like, bit of the old ultraviolence, but if you pardon me, terrible expression that we've seen in recent years, it's, always, it's been when we've been at Port Vale. Because yeah. they are absolutely potty and they're obviously stoked neighbours. But we'll see. And We just want to party at the end of the day. We're going for a, a day out, two beers. It's going to be like, similar to Northampton, there's going to be a decent crowd back at the lane. Yeah. Sounds like we saw lots of tickets that have been back already. Yeah. You know, you're going to you're going to hopefully have a nice day out. Our coach will be dropping us at London Road, like the car park, and if it's anything like last time when we went out, well, not exactly like last time, I hope the pubs have stopped up on the ale, but like when we, after Northampton, we, I remember having a eight percent assholes in the crown, and it was the only thing they had left on tap. We, we were drinking Basham champagne, weren't we? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've still got a chip on my from two from Basham chugging a bottle of champagne in the uh, house that day. But um, the game itself, do you think we can win, Dan? Yeah. Score prediction from me: three-one United, two-nil uh, Villa, and us to go up as champions. Ian, two-nil United. Part of me thinking Villa and Norwich will draw, but I don't care. We're going up, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I think United will win quite comfortably. I think three or four now. I think I think Stoke are going to be on the beach. I think United will come and, and be at it from the first minute. It's then down to what Norwich do and what Villa do at, at, at Villa Park. Nice professional win. I'd like it to be 
comprehensive like that, that'll take 2-0. However, the fact that Norwich players probably all went home, watched uh, the latest episode of Game of Thrones, not there's anything wrong with that, and had a Lucasade over the weekend, <laughs> whilst our lads are out getting absolutely tanked. I think maybe Norwich can go and get something at Villa Park, but I don't know, let's, sorry, let's be positive, United and Villa to win, we go up as champions, and and Monday morning is very, very, very painful indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we're not in work. So, let's move on to Sunday. And uh, one of those days, it, it was a bit like when um, we beat Cardiff up back in the last promotion to the Premier League and we had to wait wait for a result. And there we were waiting on uh, Leeds v Villa to seal our fate. And what, what, a, what a game and what an afternoon that followed. Well, personally... It was nothing like when we beat Cardiff because I wasn't working at the four in hand pub in Didsbury in Manchester on 5.20 an hour doing a six hour Sunday shift getting absolutely battered by people coming in for this shit microwave roast and the two for seven quid. <laughs> had a much better time, thank you very much. And it started by waking up without a hangover. It was the, it, we talked about miracles. Right? I don't know how you achieved that. It's because I was still very drunk. Uh, I, I can corroborate that because I made I made a conscious effort that I needed to go and watch the league game. So I'd made a plan. I wanted to go from what new bar up on Wood Seat Sports Bar. So I'm going to go and watch it in there. Surprise, surprise! I got a phone call off him within ten minutes before kickoff. I'm up. I'm going to come and join you. I couldn't believe it when he turned up. Still pissed. <laughs> but what a decision, by the way. Well, made some great decisions and. We even got to see you, didn't we, Dan, briefly? You shot yeah, past. I came past for a run, popped my head in into the sports bar, saw it with nil nil, carried on running, and 100 yards later, uh, Dan! Turned round, everyone stood outside, came back. Big, Dan Partridge, was it? It wasn't no, was the Had big bladey hugs outside, and then carried on running. Is that what we call them from now on? Bladey hugs. Big bladey hugs. Yeah, we, yeah, got, we need to start adding masculinity back to it after being very, you know. Yeah. Yeah, on Saturday. We've embraced it for a bit, we just need to yeah, yeah. on that, don't we? Yeah, because yeah, there's no place for it. That is a joke, by the way. <laughs> um, but, yes, um, celebrations, so, I mean... What should, we, should we just touch on the match first? Because actually, it, just very quickly, I thought Villa were out of the traps quick, and that, gives, that gave me hope for this coming Sunday, watching how Villa started. If they had Abraham, I think they could have smashed him. Yeah. Yeah. Why Co- was he playing by the way? He did something to his shoulder, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Uh, he's got a shoulder injury. And Codger, two years ago, was a former player of the championship. Yeah. Obviously, 15 been, million pound striker. Yeah. Well, we've got one of their other expensive uh, flirtations with buying lower league players, haven't we? In, in Elgin, doing the bits and but like, yeah, very so, Surreal, like when obviously what happened happened. And fair play to Bielsa. I sort of put, I put Bielsa greater than Wenger. Because actually, but you have to say if that was a playoff match, he isn't doing that. Yeah, if that's a playoff final, Wembley five minutes ago, he's not doing that. No. Yeah. It's interesting to say, Wenger. I've seen, um, I've seen some footage on Twitter this week of Wenger saying about giving all this credit to Bielsa. He didn't fucking do that 15 years ago, did he? No, exactly. All right, giving him credit now. And can I give massive shithouse points to A. Patrick Bamford for being blown over by a random gust of wind and Pontus Janssen for what a pretending I'm not going to let these score, knowing full well he is going to let them score, but just trying to curry favour with Leeds. He did, he did. Yeah, it turned away when Tyrone <coughs> Mings appeared, though, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or yeah, 6.5 for Tyrone yeah. Mings. He'd soon take it other way. Pontus Janssen is the softest hard man I've ever seen in my life. He's a proper hold me back, hold me back, hold me back merchant. And the yeah. second someone goes, no, go on, I'm not holding you back, he goes, oh, I and he's all so I reckon he pisses sitting down. Yes. <laughs> I can't think who put that. A, a great football mind. I know that much. Uh, but obviously, that was good. And then Sky Sports News flicks up on TV. We see the boys down at the lane. And uh, me and you, Phil, decided to jump in the car. We didn't have the car. People were with it. God, it's hard, Joe. We went down to the lane, bought a bottle of champagne. A little bit of pilgrimage, just go down and see what was going on. Got drunk underneath Derek Doolin. Have you ever been down at the statue? Do have a look at his groin, because in my God, if it's the scale, he was packing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking at this point you were walking like Doolin. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was, was alright. The bloke in the, in the uh, Premier just down by my lane, like Prosecco. One o'clock, I'm like... 
Thank you. I'm not here to be judged. Thank you. Uh, you bought a bottle of fizz as well, didn't you? I did, I bought a bottle of fizz as well. You wasted yours, in my opinion. Mine got given to Chris oh, behind us. It's fine, I'll be in work. But just, just great celebrations, and obviously, you're going to go for your rundown, see it on TV a little bit. Yeah, yeah, laps what we loved it. And then, obviously, as the afternoon went on, there was more and more things popping up on Twitter videos of players in ever increasing states of inebriation, which was just. Fantastic. I, I spent the afternoon absolutely howling laughing my missus looking gone out at me. Because I'm saying, look at this, he's pouring beer on his head. And she's like, really? Why is that funny? I was like, no, it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I think it just, it, it, like you said, it just summed up the unity of this team. 100%. You know. there's, there's so, so many stories from that afternoon. I'm just so... I feel a little bit privileged to think to say that I was actually there in the hotel to see him celebrate. It's going to be one of the. It's going to be one of those things in a couple of years where people. It literally was. It was about fifty in the car park at the first, and we described it as almost being embarrassing. Good job we didn't go. I saw this. I was just going to have a couple of pints around the corner, and it was at about quarter past four. Stewards said they're coming out, but before this, Coops had appeared. This was the. F- and, and what's great about this? For you a lot of listening, like Ian and Dan have only had a fraction of the stories that me and Phil are probably going to reel off now. <laughs> so Coots appears wearing one of those absolutely rascal Dean Henderson hats that say icon on. No offence, Dean, I love the bones of your mate, but they're absolutely It was shocking. actually his hat, by the way. It was, because I've seen on the video, so... What happened with the hat, though? Well, Coopsy gave it, mate. We, 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 I had a picture of Coopsy, and he actually took it up, put it on my head. After proclaiming in the photo with me... Am I wearing a fucking hat? <laughs> <laughs> so, happy days. I'm waiting for Dean Henderson to come out so he can sign me out for me, which was lovely. Until I found out some dude a few minutes later had made an agreement with Paul Coops that he could come and get that hat back off me, which I didn't really know what was going on at this particular moment in time. So, anyway, I lost Dean Henderson's hat after gaining it within two You minutes. did about an hour later say, What's his car? I might go and get the hat out of the boot. Yeah, your wife and uh, me both said wouldn't be a great Maybe idea. Not. Was but it the same bloke who took your jacket in chance last year? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, during the United Wednesday match. Listen, well, on Sunday, jacket. if he means with the league, I'm going to nick some of Phil's clothes and throw them away when we still have them. But then I think Simon Moore came out, obviously looking absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Simon Fuller, he'd probably just been on the periphery of. Uh, of, of the celebrations that had an elderflower water, but he was he was obviously really pleased, and I think to detract about Simon Moore is the fact that he he said um he said when he signed his new deal earlier this year how much United meant to him, and he's got his career back on track, and he he he, he was glowing. O'Connell came out completely stone cold sober. And it was the comment was made on Sunday. That's why he's going to play for England. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that he does. He wasn't happy. I'm sure he did have a few beers. But Do you know what surprised me about O'Connell coming out? By the way, part of it, the fact he was sober was quite interesting for the reasons you say. And fair play to him. These players have got a lot of money and they spend a lot of money on cars and things like that. He's got such an understated car. I mean, he might have got other ones that we, that we didn't see, but his car is just not what you'd expect a footballer of that level to have. Yeah. It's just quite understated, which again, I think, speaks volumes for him. Yeah, yeah they're not they're clearly grounded. No, yeah, no big time Charlies. Yeah. No big time Charlies. On the subject of Simon Moore, with any luck, he'll get to play two games for us next season. <laughs> against Man United. Man United yeah. home and away. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll be more than happy yeah, yeah. with that. And especially when he gets his promotion wage rise. But one thing I want to say, and I'm not it's gonna be very positive this bit, but professional footballers choice in trainers is absolutely appalling. Horrendous. Like do you remember platform boots, some of them. Do you me, yeah, well do you remember them <laughs> like some of you well you guys have all got daughters. Right? Those 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 shoes where you get the roller blade like heel it exactly. They look like them. And uh, my mate, uh, my mate Emma was around. She goes, "Oh yeah, O'Connell's trainers are nine hundred quid." Then, I mean, you can tell he's getting paid fifteen, twenty grand a week if he's for for nine hundred quid on some for a pair of heelys. No, it sounded like my parents. If, 
sports. But if you see him, they, him, they use it with fifty. But if you see him and Dean Anderson whizzing round Meadowall on the heels or Crystal Peaks one Saturday afternoon, that's well spent. That's isn't it? what overlapping. Yeah, that's a bit overlapping. Yeah, that's how they try it. Down at bloody high Sheffield, yeah. right, George, get your skates on. So there's, there's a few stories about when the players first started coming out. So you've, I've only seen it a little bit on Twitter, but when when Billy Sharp comes out, I'm assuming he knows whose van it is. That he makes a beeline for somebody's van jumps on the back of it, jumps on the roof and starts jumping up and down with his arms up in the air on this van. <laughs> so almost, a, almost a Stuart McCall then. nearly falls off, eventually gets down because someone's telling him to. What you don't see is as the players are kind of migrating away from the club, or away from the players' entrance, sorry, towards Annie's bar, Marvin Johnson's the last one there on his own, just in the entrance to, to uh, the, the players' entrance, and he's just like that, rocking, rocking backwards and forwards until someone comes up behind him and gives him a little pat on the back and a little bit of a rub, and he throws a white on like the floor. Like a scene from right Team America. <laughs> Poor bloke. I mean, I'm bad that I didn't see him a bit later. I might have had a little chat with him, but had he so been drinking or was he just oh, having Bristol right. City flashbacks? <laughs> <laughs> he's just kind of. I think they'd definitely been a drinking bald, dare we say. But a lot of the players, they went straight up in the hotel. Well, they all had photos, but um, two of the lads wouldn't leave us alone. Ender and Egan couldn't get enough of the fans. And I mean. Uh, I've got a massive man crush on the pair of them before this, but this did nothing but just extend it. And they, John Egan got his promotion flag out and Phil asked if he could have it. No, that's mine, and it's going to my fucking grave. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic response, but you're not going to argue with Egan because you've seen him, doesn't doesn't lose aerial jewels, he wouldn't lose a jewel over a flag, would he? And, and it was just, it was great. The, the players and Wilder had loads of time for the fans, and... Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was almost surreal. Like, and, and this is getting decried by fans of one club in particular yep. across the city, but, you know, general comments about behaviour and standards and nonsense and class. I'm sick of the word class. I haven't seen many from... Uh, any, any other club I've read has been pretty positive. Yeah, I've yeah. seen a few QPR fans saying, I wish our players had bought into it like this. It, it yeah. was a Crystal Palace fan I read saying that um, it, it was something along the lines of Right now, I wish I was a Sheffield United supporter so I could go and support those lads doing that. Yeah. That's exactly what you'd get into football I mean, for. The cla- class is a strange word because I'd describe my experience on Sunday afternoon being hugged by people I considered to be heroes. And people. You had a lovely back to this embracing again, but you had a lovely embrace with John Slater, I've had a, yeah. I had a lot of lovely embraces. <laughs> like, John Egan wouldn't leave me alone. Like, I genuinely I need to phone up the club, get his number, we're having a night out next week. When I get back from Vegas, I'll, I'm going over to court with Egan at half term. But now he. It, it, like that is what's not class there's no, there was no like, I mean Norwood was a bit drunk and had a bit of a swagger on he wasn't wasn't any arrogance the players couldn't couldn't have been any more and that epitomises the class and the character of that team the group, and the relationship the, the group they have is put together and, and do you think it, where do you think it's driven by though do you think it's driven from Wilder or do you think it's from Sharp I think it's from I think both, both I think it's both, yeah. both. I, think, I think Wilder I think Wilder communicates that to his players and I think that's what he looks for when he buys a player. He's always said about character yeah. and this is the sort of character, this is what he looks for before he buys a player and does his own work and does his due diligence. And it comes back to that point about characters, players who might not play their part every week but they're part of that team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we'll come on to Stearman later but that well, Stearman's a perfect embodiment. Well, there was a load of that. You go in the, we finally made his way in the cup, film, didn't we, Phil? In amongst all this, so you've got Sharp leading the songs, Stearman... And uh, Egan, flecky, cootsy, couldn't speak. Right, you got him there. Kieran Freeman built around the 30 acre bombs. Okay, got Keen Bryan in there. Jake Eastwood. Yeah. Um, Jake, Jake Wright. Like, yeah. and that epitomises everything you need to know. Now, I'm pretty certain Jake Wright's still at the club. So he's been doing his coaching badges, and he'll be getting involved because he's been with Wilder Neil forever. So, but. And then obviously inside, the infamous video where Stearman does that with his pint, everyone's singing. He that's was just when I didn't realise you were there, because you appear on that. I was watching the video online. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. I mean, well, I got we're we're going to talk about Stearman in a little bit more detail, but what I will say is I think that's my pint that he's pouring on his head. Because he took it off me just moments before that happened. Well, I, in my profession, 
you can get noticed on social media. And lots of uh, people who appear at my work every day between the hours of 9 and 3 are quite keen to tell me on Saturday, on Monday morning, sorry, that you were bladded yesterday. And I was like, no, I wasn't. If I was really bladded, I wouldn't be here right now. But it, you might not believe us when we say this, but me and Phil couldn't get drunk because every time we got a beer, it got thrown in the air by someone. And a usually a player, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, our friend Mark had a skittle bomb with Paul Coots, who then went round the corner to the tea and coffee station and threw up in the bin. Uh, you got Fleck up on his shoulders. Fleck couldn't speak. Uh, I came from the bar with four bottles of Australia. He took one out of my hand and then slowly embraced me without speaking for 30 seconds. I didn't know where it was going. Uh, and then In some cultures, you two have been engaged now. That's there's, more, there's more talk of embrace than on Radio X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, Danny, nah, 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 nah. I can't say his name. never been able to. He's had the hop in town, didn't he? Uh, but, like, just surreal. And then, in remembering it all, I look up. I've got Mark Duffy's arm peers around me. And he's FaceTimed his parents, so I'm on FaceTime to Duffy's mum and dad. I mean, like, you say these things out loud, it sounds like I'm showing off, you know and I don't care. John Fleck FaceTiming his nan. But he just surreal, absolutely. Nan and Fleck. Isn't Nanny Fleck in the movie? In the movie, I'm assuming it was his nan anyway. It was an oldest looking lady. It definitely was. She had a bad like pudding in it. Only certain people remember that reference. <laughs> yes, she did look a bit like Superman. But everything that's come good about it, unfortunately, as we've just we we went before into a little bit, and I remember that day for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna, sounds like I'm sharing off of the Won't apologise. I'm sure you won't. But this this will be this generation's Leicester. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so Leicester's whatever it is, twenty odd years ago. So that's my. I was in my early twenties, and that's this generation's Leicester. These, and these are the players now. So I look back on that team: Bob Booker, Brian Dean, Tony Garner, Tufty, Stan Cliff, Tracy. They're my heroes. The kids that are fifteen to to twenty three now and, and younger. These are the ones that they look back in 20, 30 years time. Strange you say that, Dan. Besides, as somebody when we got promoted to the Premier League, I was twenty yeah. last time. Yeah. I. Okay, Jags, of course. Didn't have that connection with them, though. But if I saw Jags at 20 years old, I would have been intimidated almost to go up to him. Because there wasn't that thing with Warnock, it was all very separate. Whereas now it's so different. That's really true what you just said. I can remember after Michael Tong scored that goal a couple of years before the promotion, he scored those those two goals against Liverpool earlier. I saw him in Medwall a couple of days later. And I just, I plucked up the courage, because I was quite a lot younger myself, and, and just went up and said, thank you. That's one of the greatest nights of my life, watching football, that, those two goals. And it wasn't until afterwards I realised the guy who was with that was being quite shy and kind of turning his back to me, it was actually Phil Jagielka. And I had the opportunity to thank him for the goal against Leeds and things as well. Yeah. So that, that, that lack of connection is exactly the opposite to what we've got yeah. now, isn't it? it really this, is. This, this is as close to... It's as close to the Bassett side as I've ever seen, and in terms of a team, it's probably better. It's probably yeah. a better side. Kevin, Kevin Gage said it, didn't he, about it being a modern day crazy game, but in yeah. a different way. Yeah. Well, if he wins the cup, I'm going to sleep outside Wilder's house and give him everything I own. <laughs> we talk about other fans' reaction. There's someone I know, an exile Robin, Bristol City fan, and he said, and I saw this and I loved it, he thought, when Bristol City get promoted next season, obviously a bit presumptuous, but I want them to do it exactly as Sheffield United have done it today. All pissed, Lee Johnson crying and slagging off Cardiff, Kalash turning up after a 24 hour bender to chuck Thatcher's everywhere, and Matty Taylor singing Fuck Off Irene on the karaoke. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. As great as that be, Thatcher's all over yourself, how sticky would that be? And Lee Johnson, he'd have two Thatcher's and he'd be passed out. He'd be dwarf, he? just, <laughs> hang on, before you can close this bit, just one other story I want to talk about that day. Billy Sharp kept disappearing and coming back, he kept getting the bollocking. So somebody from the club kept dragging him upstairs so he had to go and get changed for the do. And within five minutes each time, he kept finding his way back downstairs, which was really amusing. He was Despite Jay turning up looking absolutely lovely. <laughs> In a red and white dress, I believe. It wasn't Jay, someone else's wife, but he disappeared briefly, came back with a fantastic line. Well, he came back through a different entrance, got dragged off again, came back again through a different entrance, got himself another pine. And this same old lady kept dragging him back away, dragging him back away, and eventually just turned around to her and went, I am not going to the do. 
Sue. <laughs> she dragged him away with his stick here and that was the last we saw of him until he was wearing a suit oh, later on in the night. Keep saying one more. But when you went, so Gary, you used to be a twat, didn't you? But we all like you now. And you went, in the thickest journey accent, I'm still a twat. <laughs> <laughs> but he's our twat. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. So we move on to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm, I'm off the mark after uh, being ridiculed the week before whilst not being here. My uh, my St George Long won uh, won the Hall of Fame vote last year. There has been a stewards inquiry, by the way. Ian was uh, actually disqualified for his uh, Janet Stancliffe's Friday night uh, spaghetti bolognese because it's since been revealed that actually it was Paul Stancliffe that made the spaghetti bolognese. So he's uh, he's disqualified from that particular vote. It doesn't really matter. I've heard, Janet, I've heard Janet's spag bowl was very nice. I'm sure it was. <laughs> but he only got 2% of the votes anyway, so it didn't really matter. It's yeah, an old, it family re- old family recipe. <laughs> uh, old, Ma- old Mar Stancliffe's recipe from going back years. Picked it up when they went to the Anglo-Italian Cup, even though it came later. But closet, yeah, shut up, John. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm going to kick this week's Hall of Fame nominations off and we're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to do Hall of Fame nominations from this weekend because I think we could do a whole podcast on that alone. My particular personal... Excuse me, the band's uh, frequency's just gone off in the pub we're in. Uh, my particular vote for this, uh, this week's Hall of Fame is going to be Richard Stearman and his escapades from this Sunday because I've never seen as more drunk man in my life. There's so many stories. And you, and you saw Paul McDonald at West Brom. And I saw Paul <laughs> I think the fact he'd had 48 Jaeger bombs ordered at the bar at half past 11 in the morning, and I'm assuming seeing the state of them at 6 o'clock, they were all for him. The fact that's, that's that, a statement of intent, isn't it? Yeah, it's a statement of intent. The fact that the, the promotion video when the final whistle went, he just stood in front of the camera with a pint and just threw it over the rest of the players. And slammed it on the table repetitively. And then people were celebrating on Twitter different angles of Stearman's beer throwing. <laughs> <laughs> but then when, when, when we did, and we talked about that uh, John and I managed to get into the, into the hotel and, and celebrate with the players for a little while, some of the things that he was doing in there were just just legendary. And the video that you can see of him singing David McGoldrick, pouring a pint on his head, slamming it down, and then off, in, off into the middle of everybody chucking himself about was just brilliant. But my favourite moment of him from that particular period of time, there was the, the Billy Sharp being fat came up over a conversation with Gary Medine, which was quite amusing, but it, it transpired into Billy Sharp taking his shirt off and getting carried around the pub by the... By the players. And, if you didn't know, he's not fat as well. Right? I can guarantee he's <laughs> yeah. definitely Categori- not fat. Categorically, if he's fat, I don't know what the fuck I am. But it ended, it ended up with Billy Sharp trying to headbutt a light shade. But then if you move on that video a couple of seconds later, you see Richard Stearman's head go flying past the middle of the camera <laughs> that's taking it and miss the light shade that he's tried to headbutt. What a legend he's turned into with this football club in the last... 72 hours or whatever I mean, it is. I, I missed it, but the, the gold off he scored uh, the other day, you see there's a photo of O'Connell and Duffy oh, celebrating, yeah, yeah. and he's in the, in the background coming in, looks like Jan Argafield, oh, touching now. <laughs> right. Not to give your, like, um, not to give your uh, nomination too much, um, too much encouragement, so I want my own to win, obviously. But as well, Stearman there, just at one point, just shouting at the top of his voice, Fuck Leeds, fuck everyone, love your items, fuck me. There's a couple of things since that have made, made me chuckle about Stearman as well, and that's been ex players he's played with's reaction as if like they're not surprised. Like, he's here, sort of reaction. Here's his back. Where's he been? Apparently, he's got he had the same clothes on that somebody saw him in on Saturday night as he was uh, entering a local ge- gentleman's club in town. So he had a fantastic uh, 48 hours and I don't know if he'd set it up before the weekend but he was up at half eight tweeting on Monday morning saying I enjoyed that one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was Sean Street when he described him as an absolute ale cart and I think that was a fantastic <laughs> description for the man. Superb, absolutely superb. There was one bit in the, in the hotel where Billy starts started singing the song and everybody sat down and then everybody stood up again and, and he just couldn't get up. He turned around to turned around to me and someone else and went, Can you fucking help me because I can't get up? <laughs> just brilliant. 
he's gone from being a bit part squad player this season, although he, he contributed last season, and I'm, I'm coining Dan's phrase here, to a, to a club legend because he's drinking over the weekend. <laughs> Quite right. So, Ian, how about yourself? Um, for me, I'm just going for a, a very brief moment of that whole celebration. And it was kind of like the moment you saw a light bulb switch on in Chris Wilder's head. Interviewed live on Sky with Billy. Interviews kind of a little bit, you know, rambling on. And there's that moment when Wilder realises that in the background in the um, international bar, they're playing Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> and there's just like this slight delay as you see the light bulb switch on. It's grin come on his face <laughs> and then he's off bouncing with Billy <laughs> it is just and it, before spraying his beer in the yeah, reporter's yeah. face but it was just it was just whacking class you well, know well you know we, 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 what can I say but it just just that little moment where you, you just see the, think about it you didn't you think about it's it like, like, I've, heard it's, that. I've heard that I know <laughs> that what can, yeah I got that and he was off and it, it just it, and it was captain and manager together yeah. Yeah. everything perfect you yeah. it for me perfect Dan uh, right, mine's also Chris Wilder related. A because I love the man, and B because I need the win. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I'm yes, gonna, yeah. the band have just plugged in the electric viola. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going for is is Chris Wilder's interviews. Um, so uh, the interview on Radio Sheffield the day where for the first 30 seconds he could barely speak because he was so emotional, which I think pretty much everyone listening to this would have been in the same boat, I kind of choked up and teared up a little bit um, as he was doing that, but also his interviews after uh, and before where he was talking about uh, Forshaw and uh, Bamford being Muppets and just how, how he speaks and how he speaks because he's one of us uh, and I had a conversation with a, a very, very good friend of mine, uh, good old Blade, the other day and he was saying he thinks that while the possibly needs to tone things down when he gets up to the Premier League because he might not be well received, he might have well thought of Personally, I think it's the other way. I think he needs to carry on being who he is because he just, he says everything from the heart and he says everything that we're thinking. Not in a kind of, not in the same way that Neil Warnock used to do, where it was all, I'm a blade but I'm very bitter and I'm very, it's all about me. This is, he's just talking the same way that we are now and he doesn't hold back and I think he'll be a breath of fresh air in the Premier League, to be honest. It's a little bit like when Mourinho went to the Premier League, wasn't it? Yeah. It's a different way of speaking, speaking and speaking and... And, well, two things on what you said, Dan, there, which I couldn't agree more with. And the first one is, people, a lot of people talked about how wild there is and things like that. On his interview on Monday on Sky Sports News, crazy news, he described Bielsa as a class act. So when in the light of day, cold light of day, he's there, he's talking about it, he's got respect for people in his profession on his level. What he hasn't got respect for is people gobbing up. Oh, don't show respect for yeah. 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 at the time, didn't he? He said, I've got uh, massive respect for Bielsa. And, and that's yeah. what he said. Also, a fantastic quote in that interview. When the celebrations stopping, I'm going to give it another go in about half an hour, yeah. which is a sort of comment <laughs> which I can live by based yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but also, you've touched on like Warnock and being received in the Premiership, and I think with Wilder, it's really important for Sheffield United, and it's, and it's really important for us as a set of fans because outside of our collective bubble as a football team people I think still associate us with Warnock yep. and we almost are going to eclipse I really genuinely believe we're going to eclipse that for a number of reasons and one of those will be Wilder's personality and secondly and rightfully so will be his football yeah and it's, yeah. And it's a football piece that's really important for me you know it's his personality and everything else is fantastic, but we're doing it with a with a style and a unique way of playing at the minute, and long may it continue. And this this is the thing, he's not just you know, he comes across like that, he talks like a you know, a down to earth bloke from Sheffield. But he's not, he's far more than that. He's he's possibly the most tactically astute manager we've had down here as, as long as I can remember. He knows the game inside out, he can spot a player. And I think next season, like I said, when we were up with Warnock People give us a bit of grudging respect because we worked hard and we dug in and we had Chris Morgan and we had that sort of thing. Next season, I think we'll get a prop. I think we'll get some some actual respect from pundits because they'll soon realise that actually we're not. We're not just a big, strong, physical side. Get it forward in your face. We're a, we're a good side, and he does a very, very good job. And I think, although going back to his interviews again for your for your nomination for the Hall of Fame, we are going to get a few dicks. We, we are going to get dicks yeah, a few we are times, get dicked like a few times, and that's fine. And, yeah. And, yeah, I personally can't wait to hear what Paul Lynch has to say on the way we play football. <laughs> I think um, I think you're right what he says. He speaks like one of us, but it's how he sums things up for me that's just superb. 
In, year out, see ya. Brilliant. I just wanted to say, you, you say about he speaks differently. You know, and he'll, he'll be best for Shaq, Flight Marine, he speaks differently. I'm not sure Sean Dyche got the right memo about speaking differently. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Just like a gruff fish finger. <laughs> deserves the win for that comment alone. Um, and I mean, I, I feel like uh, there's so many good things to put in from the weekend, but I've, I've got to put, I'm going to put two in, but one in particular. I'm going to put me, uh, me Irish friends in, Ender and John, Mr. Mr. Egan and Mr. Stevens. Not only have they been phenomenal players for us, but they couldn't, couldn't have enough for the fans. And obviously, Sunday night, Egan sent Twitter into absolute pandemonium for this song but just to give that context like nine nine months at a football club and you're writing, and you're a, song writing a song stood up at the end of year day you've not won any awards like you've not like people talk about over the player season what I mean you said Ian for you Ian but like on the whole lots of other names but my word, to do that, it's, it, it, it's just, it's the character, it's fantastic. However, just John Egan, Ale Ale Ale, Ale Ale, I'll see you at Stoke. The glasses are being collected, the final chords of the song are being played, and that's just quite fitting because that's what's happening with our season. Well, just on the, on the John Egan song, I've just, all weekend since I saw the song and the fact that it was so well done, he'd obviously written it over a period of time, I've just got a vision in my head of John Egan sat up at night with a pen and loads of crumpled up bits of paper This is in January, him. by the way. Yeah, this is in January. Bits of paper around in him, crumpled up. In car. And he's kind of sat and he's going, right, Bashman, O'Connell, or lapping down a wing, and then shouting to his wife, right, what, what rhymes with wing? And she shouts, ping, and he goes, ping, ping, fucking ping. And it's just this song just developing over time and he's just writing it down and it's just it's a fantastic image and I love the song and I've lost count the amount of times I've been driving down the motorway this week and just suddenly going Ale 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 <laughs> just fantastic what a, what a fantastic and we've managed to get Alan Pickard to sing a, uh, a Liverpool song so it's going to be quite a special day <laughs> I think there's a couple of honourable mentions of people that could have got in as well by the way for the Hall of Fame nomination Chris Basham with his video outside the Motel on Monday at the Star Awards the Star yeah. Awards <laughs> With the uh, puffing away on his beard, <laughs> fantastic, just brilliant. Fashion's someone that's gonna gonna live long in the memory as a, as yeah. a legend in this club, isn't it? Hundred percent. Just, but yeah, just the, what great weekend to be a blade. Four Hall of Fame mentions that you can't really you can't really separate from. And, but have uh, a go. But do have a go. And uh, remember, uh, Dan has a family and he doesn't get very upset. He needs his <laughs> Right, you can follow us at Four Blades in a Pub on um, on Twitter. Please vote in the Hall of Fame. We're working on the sound quality. We've got loads of exciting stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to do a proper review of Stoke. Might be a standalone because I can imagine there's going to be some antics over this weekend. And then we'll do a comprehensive breakdown of the season moments and stuff like that. And then we'll look to do a, not a preview as such because... Obviously, there'll be no transfers and stuff, but some sort of very far-out thoughts on the Premier League as well. I think it'd be quite good, and a lot of people get a lot of enjoyment out. So, follow us on Twitter, get involved. Hope we want to do specials as well over the summer that we're trying to plan at the minute. So, uh, yeah, yeah, should be quite good. Yeah, so, good quite good. I've sold that so well. Yeah, yeah. So, so, going to be reasonably average. Yeah. Reasonably average. <laughs> so, if you've got nothing better to do, stick with us because uh, we're not going to give up on it. Um, it's a very special time to be a Blade, and thanks for taking some time to to listen to us, and we'll see you in Stoke, and if you're not at Stoke, some of us will see you at the Beanbag, and if you're not at the Beanbag, well... See you Tuesday outside City Hall. <laughs> and if you're not there, we'll see you in the Premier League. Yeah. Exactly. Up the Blades. Up, up the, the Premier League Blades. Up the Premier League Blades.